Well, today we're continuing our series called Fake News, The Devil's Myth. Last week we were reading from Genesis chapter 3. We're going to begin in Genesis chapter 3, so if you would turn there, we're going to begin reading at verse number 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me. She did it. She gave me of the tree and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The devil made me do it. That's Flip Wilson used to say. Geraldine, the devil made me do it. And I ate. Here's the situation. Eve has taken the fruit and ate. She gave it to Adam, and he ate. And then they recognized that they were naked. In other words, they realized that they were uncovered. Now, you see, when you obey God, it gives you a covering. It gives you protection. But then when you disobey God, it strips you from his covering, and it makes you vulnerable to things that you wouldn't normally be vulnerable to. Now, as Christians, I know, we're all human beings, and a lot of times we feel like that we get out on the sea of life and we're all by ourselves. We feel like we're out there and we don't have a paddle to get back to the shore, and so we feel like sometimes we're uncovered. But that's a lie of the devil, friend, because the truth is that there is no telling how many things that God protected you from this very day. And there is protection in obedience to the Lord. Now, the Lord says in verse 11, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I told you not to eat, that you told you that you should not eat from? Have you disobeyed what I told you to do? Well, we know the story. Yes, they disobeyed, and then they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. See, that's the fake news of the devil. He tries to tell you that when you mess up, you need to hide from the presence of God. But friend, the secret to forgiveness is even when you are wrong, you need to run to God. I mean, it's strange, but when people get out of his will, they run away from God instead of running to God. 
And it's a trick of the enemy to make you think that you are so wrong, that what you've done is so bad, that you have to run away from God. You see, because what Satan is trying to do is to get you to run from God because he knows that if you run from God, you're never going to be able to help yourself yourself. Then you are out in the ocean without a paddle. Now, you may be here today and you may be one of those philosophical type people and you're thinking, now I know that I am not where I need to be with the Lord. I realize that. But I have too much respect for God to play with him, and so I'm just going to keep living like I am, and then I'm going to come to him when I get my act together. Now, that sounds good, but that's nonsense because everything you said had a great big I in it, like it's all about you. Friend, I want you to know something. You cannot get saved when you decide to get saved. Just like you can't clean yourself up when you think it's dinner time. I mean, you think you're in control, but you don't understand. God is in control. John 6, says, you cannot come to him unless he draws you. One of the greatest privileges you'll ever have is a privilege of conviction by the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because it's an indication that God has not given up on you. I think the most frightening thing that you could ever encounter is to get to the point where nothing bothers you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17 says, Esau found no place for repentance, even though he sought it with tears. Friend, you cannot change on your own. But when God convicts you, it's his permission for you to change your life. But friend, that's why it's so dangerous to override and override and override God's call. The moment God calls you, you need to run to him. Jesus says, the day you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. He's saying, hey, don't play hard to get with me because I have not promised that I'll call you again. We preach such a broad grace today that it's all in our terms. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. If God gives you one chance to be saved and you reject it and you go to hell... You cannot say that God wasn't just. If I get one opportunity in my lifetime, one opportunity to hear the gospel, then God's fair. Man, I don't need to get warmed up. I'm already hot. Woo. Verse 9, Then the Lord God called Adam and said, where are you? Now, of course, God, knowing everything, knew where Adam was. He knew he was naked in the bushes wearing poison ivy. He knew that. And so what he's telling us here is it's time for a little self-analysis. In other words, you know, where am I? What's going on with me? You know, we spend very little time checking ourselves out. Now, I'm not talking about all the hundreds of selfies you took of yourself this weekend. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we waste time not thinking about where we are internally, but we waste so much time checking out other people. Can anyone say Facebook? 
One of the biggest fake news stories that the enemy uses is to make you worry about what other people are saying or doing. Because I want you to know, friend, it really doesn't matter. And if you can get a hold of that, you can live your life in peace. You won't have to fixate on them because you understand that they really don't make a difference. Yes, their agenda might be different than yours. They may not have the purest of motives, but if God is for you, he is more than the world is against you. And I'm telling you that you're wasting your life watching people. I mean, people were crazy before you got here, and they're going to be crazy after you're gone. You're wasting your time. Well, 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 you know, I just want to make sure that, that they're all right. No, they're not all right, and neither are you. We're all broken. Matter of fact, look at the person sitting next to you. There is something wrong with that person. But just remember that whoever you're looking at is looking back at you. And they're thinking the same thing. Man, that dude's weird. You see, Satan is able to frustrate you and keep you from doing your best for God by getting you to worry about, well, people are, are talking about me. P people don't like me. People, people, people. In our need for affirmation, we've turned the church into a social club, and if everyone, if everyone doesn't bow down and give us the attention that we think we deserve, we have the nerve to get offended. This is not a sorority. This is an army, and we need to get busy doing what God has called us to do. And Satan is going to try to fill your mind with inconsequential stuff. Now, last week we talked about understanding what the enemy wants in battle when he attacks you. And we talked about how to resist him and what he's trying to do in your life. And we talked about walking in victory and power and putting the enemy under our feet. Well, today, God asked Adam, where are you? What's going on with you? And folks, we need to stop doing crazy things when we don't know why that we're doing them. And when we realize we're doing crazy things, we need to say, wait a minute. What's up with me? I mean, as believers, we are designed to live in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And any time we're not walking in the anointing, something is wrong. You are not created to dwell in confusion and hostility. That's not the way God made you. God said, Adam, where are you? Verse 10, he said, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Now, see, it's so important to be able to hear God when he is calling you. But what will happen is when God calls you, a lot of times a Satan, Satan will come up and then try to consume you with fear. That God's getting ready to slap you down. Did you know that a lot of people that come off as, as angry are really just scared? They're scared of being hurt. They're afraid of their trust being broken. And because they're so afraid, they cover, up, cover it up with a false hostility. But we have to ask, we have to ask, what's going on with me? I mean, why am I doing this? Why am I feeling this way? Because God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but of a sound and peaceful mind. You see, Satan will try to tell you what you're feeling. 
He will try to tell you that you're mad, that you're sad, that you're depressed. And so you need to find out for yourself. You need to self-analyze where you are and what's up with you. You see, because defeating the devil begins with you recognizing his attack. You know, one of the most difficult things to do in counseling couples is they always want to tell you what's wrong with their spouse. Oh, pastor, I'm so glad I got her to come. Man, I'm I'm just hoping you can straighten her out. And she's just sitting there with her arms folded saying, slap him, Jesus, just slap him. Just take him out. Make my life easier. Part of knowing where you are is taking responsibility for your situation. Now, I understand that, that that you were victimized at some point. I realize that you really did get a raw deal, and and I'm truly sorry about that. But friend, you need to understand that has nothing to do with where you are with God. If one person made it out of a situation like yours, then you can't use that as a reason as to why you're defeated in your life. If one person was delivered from, from addiction... If he rose above abuse, if she went back to school and got her degree, by the grace of God, so can you. Stop worrying about where others are. Where are you? You see, it's Satan's fake news that keeps you blaming others as if their actions controlled your destiny. The devil is a liar and he is too weak to keep you locked up because your God holds the key to the destiny of your life. God said, Adam, what's up with you, man? And here comes Adam with a bunch of junk. Well, the woman you gave. I tried saying that once, and I got a black eye. She's little, but she hits hard. Fake news always casts the blame somewhere else. People today are professional blame throwers. It's always someone else's fault. I hear adults all the time talking about what their parents didn't do right. I think, wait till your kids grow up. Matter of fact, matter of fact, they're taking notes right now to put in their book about you. And part of the reason is because they learn how to shove responsibility, listen to you whine. I want you to know there was nothing wrong with the way I was raised. We put the fun in dysfunction, my house. We were as whack as anybody, and we turned out all right. Well, I did. She's not here, so I I, I can let her have it. If you're visiting today, I'm talking about my sister. But friend, this fake news 
Seriously, this fake news of the blame game will breathe negativity in you that will stifle your success. Okay, listen to me. Think about this. How can you say that God is God? How can you say that God is on the throne in heaven? How can you say that God knows your name, but then because of what they said or because of that situation, you can't make it? If God is God, you can make it. You will never be what God wants you to be as long as you cast the responsibility for your destiny on the actions of other people. God says, where are you? Adam, did you eat from the tree? Adam said it's a woman's fault. Well, Eve wasn't any better. She said, the serpent deceived me. Verse 13, and I ate. No one assumed responsibility. And when people don't assume responsibility, the enemy will deceive you into hiding. You can spend your whole life hiding from your purpose and destiny in the bushes of excuses. Folks, it is fake news. I'm too old. It is fake news. I didn't finish my degree. It is fake news. Well, when I read my Bible, I just fall asleep. You don't fall asleep watching TV. Am I stepping on any toes yet? I know some of you are saying, well, yeah, I do. I fall asleep no matter what. I've seen old Benny over there. He falls asleep when he's driving. And what's bad is Sandy's asleep too. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But all of this fake news just locks you up and gives the enemy fuel to delay God's purpose in your life. There are so many people, believers, who are wandering in the wilderness of excuse and life is passing them by. John 10, 10 says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. And anytime you buy into Satan's fake news, he will kill your dreams he will rob you of your joy, and the enemy will steal your life. A few weeks ago, I preached on this passage, Psalms 1.1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you realize this whole mess that we're in started because Adam and Eve walked in the counsel of the ungodly? If they had never walked in Satan's counsel, none of this would have ever happened. That's why it's not just enough to have church. You can have wonderful, slap-happy, awesome church, but then if you leave this building and turn around and walk in the counsel of this world, walk in the counsel of your sinful friends and relatives, walk in the counsel of worldly news, you are still going to be defeated. Folks, we've got to understand that we are to be set apart. We are to be a peculiar people. We cannot do what the world does. God put you here for a purpose, and you're supposed to be walking into the enemy's camp and taking over instead of allowing the enemy to come in and run roughshod over you and take anything he wants from your family. Adam, where are you? Adam comes out of hiding and he faces his creator. 
And in verse 21, we see where God then begins to provide for Adam. You see, because God was not intimidated by his mistake. Folks, everyone has made mistakes. Everyone. But Satan's fake news is to make you think that because of a few bad choices or that one bad decision that you can't get back up and receive what God has for you. But you see, through God, success is made out of failure. Now, this would be a good place for me to stop, but since I have a lot more time on the clock, I'm going to just go ahead and keep going. Because you see, the trouble that started in Genesis has continued all the way through the scriptures to the book of Revelation. Mankind that you see in Genesis, you also see in the book of Revelation, redeemed by the blood. The same devil that you saw slithering in the garden, you see burning in Revelation. The same righteous God who walked the earth and took back what the enemy stole in the book of Genesis, in Revelation, he is called faithful and true, and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And once and for all, he defeats Satan, and he will forever dwell with his people. But it's that it, but it's that in between, isn't it? That's the hard part. It's that in between, the same thing that's going on in your house. The same thing that's happening in your life. The devil is after you. Have you noticed that since you became serious with God, how many battles you've had? Seems like battle after battle, doesn't it? Well, you see, before the devil didn't have to fight you because, because he already had you. But the closer you get to God, the more desperate Satan becomes and he starts fighting dirty. Yeah. Things start going crazy and it's hard to figure out what's going on because people you thought you could trust, you can't trust. The way you thought it was going to be, it's not going that way. Money you thought was coming in, now it's not coming. And it's because Satan is upset over what's happening in your life. And so you can realize that and you can either spend the rest of your life crying because Satan slapped you or you can square your shoulders and decide to fight him back. Find an area of ministry and go to work because it'll get, give you a chance to slug him right in the nose. Don't be sitting around all sad and depressed and all down in the dumps. Fight back. Satan has been backing you up, and the more you back up, the more Satan will back you up. But the Bible never told us that we were supposed to run from the devil. The Bible said the devil was supposed to run from us, and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. I mean, it looks bad for the devil if you read the end of the book. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We're going to begin reading at verse number 6. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own times. Talking about the Antichrist. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. 
I know that surprises you. Only he, capital H, he, who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord, though, will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. But the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Talking about the Antichrist again. And with all unrighteous deception, with all ungodly fake news among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Folks, Satan is literally doing a drum roll from Genesis to Revelation with evilness increasing in intensity to a feverish pitch. And it's going to crescendo, and we're going to see the manifestation of the Antichrist, which is a physical manifestation of Satan on this earth. As we get closer to the end of time, Satan is setting the stage for his big reveal by setting up the Antichrist in the very temple of Almighty God and saying that Antichrist is God. Satan is stitching together this evil quilt of wickedness at this very moment, and we are living smack dab in the middle of the last days. You need to understand where you are, Adam. You are in the middle of the biggest fight mankind has ever seen. The devil is serious. The devil isn't joking. He is not playing around. He is not wanting to maim you. He wants to kill you. And if you want to save your house, if you want to save your family, you better hear the voice of God when he speaks because you are in too big of a fight to be playing hard to get with the devil. Throughout the Old Testament, we see wickedness mounting. And then by the time Jesus has stepped on the scene, Satan has turned up the heat. He tried everything he could do to kill Jesus before he made it to the cross. This is not just some Bible story. This isn't some made-up fairy tale. It is a flat-out war where the enemy knew that Jesus Christ was coming in the volume of the book to do the will of God and to destroy, and to destroy his kingdom once and for all. And Satan is trying to take you out because he knows that Almighty God has an incredible plan for you to do damage to Satan's kingdom. Folks, make no mistake, we are in a fight. You notice how many more demons you see in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, than you do in all the Old Testament. It's because the conflict has intensified. Mark chapter 5, we see the demon-possessed man living in the tombs of Gadarenes. This man would cut himself with stones. Chains couldn't hold him. And when he was confronted with Jesus, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, I am Legion, for we are many. Friend, do you understand that Satan has released his soldiers to fight your health? To fight your finances? To fight your marriage? to fight your family. His demons are marching after your peace and your joy and your faith. That's why you can't keep helping him to defeat you. That's why you have to resist his fake news. Satan had this man bound. Let's see what he had, how he had this man bound and see if it correlates to what's going on today. First of all, this man was cutting on himself. 
What about the fake news of low self-esteem? Oh, I don't like myself. I don't like myself. Satan will try to sell you the fake news that everyone else looks better than you, everyone else has more than you, and everyone else is smarter than you. That's a lie. Next, they tried to restrain this man. They, they bound him in chains, but, but he couldn't be restrained. He always went too far. Well, I want you to know Satan's fake news of unrestraint is rampant today. Having it your way, living beyond your means, no discipline. You won't receive instructions from anyone. Someone tries to correct you, you say, I'm out of here. I don't have to put up with that. Now, I know this may be silly and maybe it's just me, but have you noticed how many people won't even stop at stop signs anymore? They just float right on through like they have a special pass. No respect for the law. People shouting hatred against people. No one can have an opinion different than yours. Unrestrained tongue. No integrity. Our word means nothing. The fake news of unrestrained actions. This man was living in the tombs among the dead. How many have heard the term dead men walking? For those on death row, it's talking about those that are, that are condemned to die. They're waiting their time. And they say dead men walking. The question is, how many in the church are actually dead men walking? 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6 says, You who live in pleasure are dead while you live. The scariest fake news of the devil is that God is going to wink at your sin. You're going to be like old Santa Claus and say, oh, it's okay. I didn't mean it. Come on in. But I'm afraid Romans 6.23 has something else to say. For the wages of sin is death. But I want you to know that's why I love so much my Jesus. He always gives a way out. He always gives a way out. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I want you to know the warfare between good and evil, between right and wrong, between God and the devil, continues to escalate today in the day that we live, as does Satan's fake news. But now what does he do? Now all of a sudden we're too sophisticated to believe in demons. We're told there is no devil. Major publication, Psychology Today states, there is no such thing, I'm quoting, there is no such thing as the devil. The two largest religions of the world, Christianity and Islam, teach that there is and they are wrong, end quote. But I will take the word of God over the word of man any day of the week and the Bible says that the lawless one is about to be revealed and it says that the only thing that is stopping him is he who now restrains. 
I want you to know the Antichrist is trying to rule you, but the Holy Ghost is restraining him and holding him back. The devil hasn't been able to do what he's tried to do in your life because the Holy Spirit is holding him back. The presence of God in the church is holding him back. That's why Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. The reason why this whole world has not soured is that the Holy Ghost is in the church and he's holding back the forces of the enemy. It may look bad, but where there is sin, grace does much more abound. We're in a fight, but we are going to win because greater is he that is in us than he that's in this world. Hallelujah. Folks, there is going to be a revival in the north and the south and the east and the west. God is raising up his army, and it's happening right here. The question is, are you going to be in it? Let's see what happens to that old guy. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 6. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. That means I'm going out here on the first bus. You can come when you want to, but... Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Verse 7. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Tell your neighbor, I know how this is going to end. I realize it's been a long, hard fight, but all I have to do is endure until Jesus comes and takes me home. And see, that's because we know that Satan fell. In Isaiah chapter 14, we see how Lucifer fell from heaven. And in verse 15, talking about the devil, the Bible says, Yet you, Satan, shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you, considering you, saying, Is this, is this the guy? Is this that that?" bad dude who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its city, who did not open the house of his prisoners. People are going to say, you mean this is what I was afraid of? You mean this is all I was fighting? I was just fighting that? It's like the Wizard of Oz. How many know the story of the Wizard of Oz? I saw the movie about 700 times. And so, you know, Dorothy, she had to endure the yellow brick road. She had to put up with the tin man, the cowardly lion, the scarecrow, scarecrow. She had to deal with the wicked witch of the east. 
which I did always think looked a lot like my sister, but that, that's, that's neither here. I, I, don't know why, I don't know why that came back to my mind. I just, uh, purge it, Lord, purge it. But do you remember the worst, the worst thing? The worst thing that Dorothy had to fear was her fear of the great and powerful Oz. You remember that? That is until Toto, Toto pulled back the curtain and the guy was exposed. Do you remember what Dorothy said? You? You are, are, are the Wizard of Oz? I mean, he was just an average man. Well, I want you to know God has pulled back the curtain and exposed the devil. That thing that's been fighting you isn't anything when God is on your side. Satan's greatest weapon against you isn't his strength. His weapon is not his might or his ability to control you. His only power is his ability to deceive you with his fake news. One, one time, quite a while ago, there was a man, and he, he collected birds. He was a bad man. And he collected all these different birds, and he, but he kept them locked up in a single cage. There were large birds, and, and there were small birds, but none of them had room in this stuffed cage to stretch their wings, much less fly. Well, an animal conservationist heard about it, and, and she came and said, you know, this is terrible. This is terrible. You are so cruel. These types of birds are not designed to live in a cage. They need to be able to spread their wings and fly. I mean, they're going to die. You've got to let them go. But the owner of the birds, for whatever reason, ignored her plea. Again and again and again, she would ask for the bird's freedom, but yet to no avail. Her request kept falling on deaf ears. Well, she finally made up her mind that she was not going to let this inhumane man destroy these precious, wonderful birds. So she climbed through, through a window, and, and she broke open the chain that held the cage door closed. So excitedly, she, she stepped back expecting the birds to, to fly out the window, fly out the cage in, out the window. But they didn't. They just stood there squawking. So she tried to lure them out by banging on the cage and by screaming. And stuff. But then all they did, they stayed in the cage, but they just flapped their, flapped their wings and, and bruised them and bloodied them by, by flapping them against the bars of the cage. And she didn't, couldn't understand why they wouldn't leave because they were free. But you see, it wasn't that they weren't free. It's just that they didn't know that they were free. See, 2,000 years ago, Jesus went down into hell. And he snatched the keys of death, hell, and the grave from Satan. And he unlocked the door so wide that dead men were seen walking the streets of Jerusalem. And so my question for you today is, if dead men got out, why are you still in the cage 
that Satan has put you in. The door is wide open. The door is open. You're free. You're free. The tragedy isn't that Satan is so strong. The tragedy is that he has blinded you with his deception and with his fake news. You see, because the truth is, the devil must have your cooperation to lock you in that cage. He cannot defeat you without your okay. Bow your heads with me if you would. The Bible says the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. Friend, we are living in the last days. And make no mistake about it, Jesus is coming soon. Do not be blinded by Satan's fake news that that's not true. Because the Bible also says that in the last days, in the days right before Jesus does come back, scoffers will come saying, where is the promise of Christ coming? Folks, there is a judgment day coming. And each and every one of us will be judged. But the good news is that Jesus made a way through his death on the cross whereby our sins can be forgiven. God loves you, and God wants to spend eternity with you.